You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back into the Lions 24-7 podcast. He is Sean Fitz. I am Tyler Donahue. We come to you on a Tuesday morning with breaking news, and it's a big addition for the 2022 Penn State football team. Maryland transfer Damian Robinson announcing he is committed to play for the Nittany Lions. A big bit, Big Ten switch early in his college career. He was a five-star a recruit by 24-7 Sports in the 2021 recruiting class. And, Sean, this is something that as we were sitting down to record our standard pro- podcast episode, this popped up and we had to uh, recalibrate a little bit. But heck of a win for Penn State in the transfer trail. Yeah, we'll take these kind of reschedulings here as we as we record on a Tuesday morning. Uh, Robinson to Penn State, a big, big development for the Nittany Lions. Just came on in the last couple of weeks. He entered the transfer portal in late March and was on campus on Friday for Penn State scrimmage practice. He was basically all day, spent time around the staff. Uh, Kenny Sanders had him with him. Uh, just a, a big development for Penn State as they have continued to look for not just a defensive end, but a pass rusher. And that's something we've tried to hammer home in the last couple of months is, you know, a lot of these defensive ends in the portal uh, kind of look the same as what Penn State has on the roster. They need somebody with a little twitch off the edge. Damian Robinson fills that. He's a former linebacker, a guy that Penn State wanted to play that Micah Parsons role um, as he was coming out of Quince Orchard High School. Stayed home, went to Maryland. We've seen that a lot with uh, with prospects in that area. Big-time prospects have stayed home, and, and a lot of them have thrived. Robinson played in every game last year for the Terps, uh, finished with 19 tackles and a pair of sacks. Um, this guy was a five-star prospect by 24-7 Sports coming out of high school. Is a guy that I loved. Um, he, he kind of ended his process uh, abruptly, had a ton of offers. Alabama was after him. Clemson was after him. A lot of big-time schools were after him, wanted to do the stay-home movement. And, you know, after a year, I think he decided that was not his, uh, not his best option. So wanted to put himself out there. Got a ton of interest from the transfer portal. Penn State was quick to act. Um, as I said in the, the mailbag a couple weeks ago, very surprising that they were even a, a big part of this because of the way NIL has worked and the way that Penn State is kind of lagging behind that. If you asked anybody in that uh, in that building last week, they say, yeah, we think we're in it, but NIL can change anything in a second. Um, you know, hopefully with his situation, he doesn't, you know, reverse course and a better offer comes along or something like that. But Penn State was able to, to seal the deal. I think staying close to home was something that he really uh, prioritized playing in the Big Ten. I think he liked doing that. So, But at the end of the day, I mean, this is a guy Penn State loved as a high school prospect. Uh, you know, we're, so, we're so, so, sorry to see him go uh, elsewhere. But at the end of the day, to get him back around, I mean, that's that's kind of the fun of the transfer portal, isn't it? Yeah, we had James Franklin in front of us six days ago, and he was stretching the need for for a presence off the edge and mentioning the transfer portal playing a role in that. Of course, within 48 hours after he says that to the media, Robinson's on campus. This is the guy that you think can maybe fit that. Uh, Maryland, meanwhile, is going to have to swallow this pill. It's a tough one for them down with the turfs. But focusing uh, on Penn State here, obviously he's not going to be in town for the blue-white game and on the field and involved with the defensive plan. But going to start really now that he's committed to the program ingratiating himself with the plan I'm, I'm assuming having steady communication with the staff and when he does get to campus what is the realistic expectation because we're talking about a guy who again is one year removed from showing up to a big 10 campus with a lot of fanfare and that five-star attention 
and apologize for my mic uh, issues in the first little session there. I, got, I think I got it fixed. Um, yeah, I think the expectations are this is a guy that can come in and compete right away. He's played at a Big Ten level. He's lifted at a Big Ten level. So you've got a, a lot going for him in terms of being game ready. Obviously, he's going to have to come in, learn the new defense, learn uh, a little bit of uh, how things go at Penn State as opposed to how things go at Maryland. So I, I wouldn't expect him to start game one. But this is a guy that's talented enough to, to break through in that rotation and what we've seen from them, I mean, Adisa Isaac is a guy that you're counting on as a pass rusher right now. I think he can, you know, I think he's talented enough just based off of what I've seen in the past. I mean, I didn't watch a ton of Maryland football this year, but in the past, he is, he's really shown that he can be one of the best players on the field uh, wherever you put him, whether that be linebacker, whether that be defensive end. But so uh, to, to, to sum that up, a lot to learn in a short amount of time, but I think he's talented enough that it can it can shine through. This is a guy who entered every game for Maryland last year, uh, entered the transfer portal kind of on the cusp of spring practice opening up down there uh, in College Park. 13 games as a true freshman, 19 tackles. He did get a couple of sacks, Sean. And, you know, the, the transfer portal, we've talked about it for months now. We haven't seen the big splash from Penn State like we did last year. We'll see if they found an all-Big Ten caliber defender, which they did last year in Arnold Abikade. We got a lot to learn about Damian Robinson between now and what happens next in his Nittany Lions adventure. But this feels like one of the more pivotal, pivotal because of positional need and also just because of the, the current landscape in college football, pivotal pickups for Penn State and James Franklin in this transfer portal era. Yeah, I wouldn't expect him to have the the production that Ebikati had right off the bat. I mean, Ebikati was a guy that had essentially one year left. Obviously, COVID you know gave him an extra year if he wanted it, but he certainly didn't need that based on the production that he showed at Penn State last year. I think that Robinson, with three years to play, um, I hesitate to call him a more developmental guy, but you've got more time to work with Damian Robinson. You've got more time uh, to you know develop that you know the body the way that you want him to be and and to figure out what he can be in your defense. So you've, you've got time to work with is basically the way to go. I, I think he can contribute early, but at the same time, this guy's foot, the best football is still well ahead of him uh, over the next couple of seasons, I believe. Penn State getting it done. Uh, that is transfer transfer portal pickup number three uh, of this offseason, affecting the 2022 roster. Mitchell Tinsley out of Western Kentucky, already working with the receivers in spring camp. Uh, Hunter Norzad, all Ivy League linemen out of Cornell, making the move in a couple of months. And Sean, the first addition to the defensive group, obviously, with coordinator Manny Diaz, something that we'll be watching closely. Um, we've talked about this being an incomplete defense because of the lack of scholarship additions since season ended this is a significant significant one now coming through anything else to add before we shift gears and talk about the recruiting pickup not really i talked to norzad over the weekend um he's uh seems pleased with the the opportunity that's ahead of him um he's a pretty polite guy so he really wouldn't say much about the numbers and how that goes into it but you know he said he, he says they think that he excuse me uh, reading reading on air is really tough by the way uh he thinks that they are changing some things from last season so they will have more success offensively obviously that's something that somebody coming to the program is is going to believe is going to is going to say but it's it's good to hear it from another source that they're trying to be a more efficient uh, up front. It's a shame he could not be here for spring practice because he would have gotten a lot of time as we've, we've kind of beaten that that horse to death and beyond um, over the last couple of weeks. But uh, yeah, I mean, you look at these guys that they're bringing in and you've got an opportunity at, at every position. You're still looking at linebackers, still looking at a, a potential spot to get somebody in there and, and maybe contribute and you know potentially push for a starting job or something like that. 
it's going to take a situation like Robinson, something that kind of comes out of the blue, uh, just for, from nowhere, essentially, um, and, and really try to make that work and, and sort of shoehorn a guy in there. Um, it, there's there, there's ways to go about it. It's it's tough at this point, at this juncture. We've talked about waiting till spring, um, and that sounds great, but the closer you get to the season, the tougher it's going to be. Uh, we're going to hear from Andrew Rappelier, the Penn State tight end commit, in just a moment here. Sat down with us for a pretty lengthy interview about his decision and what he looks forward to in his Nittany Lions career. But first, we got to address the latest addition to this 2023 recruiting class. A few days before we learned Robinson was joining as a transfer, we learned that Penn State found their 2023 quarterback prospect in Marcus Stokes, a six foot one, 185 pot, uh, prospect out of Nice High School in Northeast Florida. Sean, he got back to campus uh, first time since he picked up his offer back in January. Um, He's a guy that has been trending in the right direction as a quarterback prospect school, such as Clemson, Florida, Florida State, Ole Miss, increasing their interest in him, wanting him to get to campus, Pitt, Virginia Tech, Utah, Indiana, some of his offers. He's heading to Penn State, and he sounds like he's ready to recruit for this uh, class as well. Yeah, this is one where Penn State blew it out of the water on their visit last week. Uh, this is a guy that uh, they identified early. Stop me if you've heard this one before. They identified a quarterback early um, and really seemed to go from there. Mike Yersich went down to see him throw in January, was impressed. They brought him up at the end of the month, got some eyes on him. You say 6'1 at 185. I'm willing to give him 6'2. He's about 6'1 six, uh, six and change, 6'1 and a half plus. We'll, we'll round up a little bit for him, especially coming off of his commitment. But uh, Stokes is a guy that really impressed some of our guys at 24-7 Sports uh, down at the uh, All-American Combine in San Antonio. It's got a live arm, a guy that uh, you know throws off platform, does a lot of the things that Mike Yersich seems to like um, in his quarterback. So I, I said it last week, there's a lot of things working against Penn State here, especially signing those two guys like they did in 2022 and uh, you know having those guys on campus. But Marcus Stokes seems like a guy that was was willing to go with that, was ready to compete, and and we know that those guys uh, you know have a bit of chip uh, of chip on their shoulder. I will say this. It will be an interesting next couple of months um, because big schools will come in. They will come in and see him throw. They will uh, seemingly be impressed with what they see. And I think scholarship offers will come. You know, you talked about Florida, Miami, Florida State. Uh, you know, there's going to be schools. The interesting thing here is when you look at the the landscape of quarterback recruiting, and I think there's another domino to fall to Clemson today, uh, later today. But uh, those guys are those schools are all recruiting the same four or five guys. So you're going to see some dominoes. You're going to see some more reactive offers and things like that. And I think Marcus Stokes, being where he's at in Florida, being in the situation that he's in, will will find himself with offers. I think that's something that they covered last week. You know, with the Stokes family, with Marcus himself this is going to be the scenario. Are you comfortable enough to jump on board with Penn state? And like I said, there is that chip on his shoulder. There is that sort of, uh, I, I don't want to say loyalty to the school that showed him the interest in the first place, but I think that is uh, a, a main piece of why he felt comfortable enough to do it uh, last Friday. This is a guy who's got some swagger to him from what I can tell. Got some confidence to him. A guy that's going to be able to hit the recruiting trail pretty hard for you. Uh, maybe getting some ears down there in Florida. We'll find out a lot more ab about this guy and Marcus Stokes in the next year, uh, months and years. But 24-7 sports clearly higher on him right now than the industry consensus. He is a three-star in the composite. He is a top 24-7 prospect and a four-star on our site. The number 10 overall quarterback in the class. Number 165 overall among 2023 prospects. Sean, a... Approximately 2,700 yards passing last year. He can also move about 500 rushing yards, 28 total touchdowns, nine interceptions. You mentioned his ability to get off platform. 
he's got a little bit of that risk take uh, risk taker nature to him too. He's the kind of player who uh, will throw across his body. You're going to get want to get some of that cleaned up before you start playing at a power five speed. But again, that confidence that kind of carries through the interviews and some of the stuff he does on social media, I think you see that translate to, to what he does when the ball's in his hands as well. And you want that out of a quarterback. You, you got to manage it. But I like that kind of innate nature to what he does with this position. Yeah, we'll see how that sort of thing goes. I mean, we, we talked to the same way about Bo Probula last year about make just making plays. And that's something that, that Marcus Stokes, when you flip on the tape, he just goes out and makes plays. Now, I think there's there's stuff to work on. And obviously, he's a high school quarterback. There's going to be stuff to work on everywhere for, for a guy like that. I'm uh, going to have to get bigger. You know, you know, we'll see what, what the athleticism does when he gets into a college weight program. But there's room for improvement there, which is great. I mean, I think he's, uh, you know, somebody asked on our board if he's on the ascent. I think he's, you know, I think he's fast-tracked his ascent, to be honest with you, through the rankings uh, based on what we've seen from him in person. Throws a live ball, has a live arm. A lot to look, uh, a lot to love there. He's not your six-foot-four pocket passer, uh, six-foot-five in the case of Drew Aller, but uh, you know he's a guy that I think can. I mean, given what Penn State's on, I don't think people realize how hard it is to stack quarterback classes when you don't have a reputation as a quarterback school, which Penn State obviously does not have. Um, so I, I think, you know, finding a guy like that, he's going to, I think, continue to rise in the composite. Uh, I think he's pretty high in 24 seven. I'll be honest with you. Um, you know, I, I'd love to see him go compete at a national elite 11, see where he stacks up there. But uh, the, a lot of the intangibles, the swagger, all that kind of stuff, you, you check those boxes with Marcus Stokes. You talk about stacking quarterback classes and trying to build a room that that can be uh, good for depth right now and be good for your future success. They stacked the Michael uh, Michael Johnson, uh, Taquan Roberson class with Micah Bowens, and and obviously that turned out uh, to not really produce much for the on the field for Penn State. Nothing good. And then in terms of what they're doing now, I mean, you look at Mike Yurcich obviously inherited the Prabula commitment, but this has been a really good couple of years for them and reinvigorating this room. And of course, we'll say that without knowing how things turn out for any of these quarterbacks in the next few years. But on the surface, uh, Mike Yurcich, certainly the ability to go get Drew Aller when he was heating up very quickly last spring. And similar circumstances here, I don't think we're going to see Marcus Stokes rise up into the top five of, of our rankings here. But a guy who is on that version, I think if he left Happy Valley without committing to the program and went on some of these visits and followed up with some of these other schools, you'd probably see him getting to the month of May with a few new Power 5 offers and kind of a different setup. And to your point, you sit down, you have a conversation with the staff, you try to make sure that, hey, when those offers do come, you're still going to be good. And you hope that both sides are comfortable with that for, between now and December. Yeah, you hate to talk about that right after the kid commits, but I think it's going to be the reality of the situation. I mean, you know, Miami, Florida, Florida State, we're just going to lump those big three schools together. If they don't have a quarterback at that point and they go and see him throw, they don't they don't care that he's committed to Penn State. They're willing to throw that offer out there and and go with it. So it'll be interesting. Uh, he was just down at Florida, um, and I, I know he's been to Miami as well, or I think his father took in a, a, a practice at Miami. But he's committed to Penn State right now. That's a, that's a really good spot to be. He seems very high on Penn State. He seems to be have have been you know accepted with with open arms from the rest of Penn State's class. And I think it's a really really big piece and a really uh, really pleasant surprise for the Nittany Lions staff. Just earlier last week, they added Andrew Rappelier from Michigan's class. He switched his commitment. He sat down and talked to us on the Lions 24-7 podcast about that decision, about what he looks forward to most about joining Penn State's tight end room. Uh, stay tuned and listen for a full conversation with Andrew Rappelier. We'll be right back on the Lions 24-7 podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. 
And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. He is about a week and a half removed from announcing his commitment to the Penn State Nittany Lions, and he joins us right now on the Lions 24-7 podcast. Andrew Rappelier up at uh, in Massachusetts from New York. He's going to describe a little bit of his background. He reclassified. We have some logistics to work through for our audience, but let's start with the obvious. Congratulations on announcing your commitment to Penn State. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited. It's been, as we said, about a week and a half now. You committed uh, a couple Sundays ago. What has kind of changed for you, for your family, uh, since you switched that commitment from Michigan to Penn State and, and, and closed down your recruitment? Personally, I've just felt like a lot more like settled. And I mean, <clears throat> I've been able to really like put recruitment and like make a history and focus on like academics now. And I mean, my training and whatnot to get ready for, I mean, getting to Penn State because, I mean, I'm aware that's a pretty intense tight, tight end room there right now. So, but, I mean, I'm really excited about it. Um, but I just felt, like, relieved, really. Like, when I was when I committed to Michigan, I was very excited, no doubt. But it was just, like, something still didn't feel right. But now it's just, like, I know I'm home and, like, I'm really excited about it. So, you went public with this decision um, on that Sunday, but when was this kind of made up for you? When was it definitively trending towards a, a change of heart and ending up in Happy Valley? Uh, I mean, some, something changed in my heart when as soon as I heard Neo decommitted, I was, I was like, <sighs> I mean, it was also kind of, I mean, yeah. So when Neo decommitted, I was just like, you gotta be kidding me. Really? It was, it was a matter of that, but, um, it was just, I felt I was very impulsive of my decision, which I, I mean, I'm, I'm still mad at myself for if I, I know if I just waited a little bit longer, it probably would all worked out, would end up going to Penn State anyways. <clears throat> but I mean, everything happens for a reason. I mean, I didn't, well, never wanted to go this way with the whole committing and decommitting. That was, I wanted to be a man of my word and to work with work that way. But I've learned that with college football, it's a business and whatnot. But I'm just so happy that, that it all worked out the way I wanted it to because I always, I mean, I had people telling me when I was coming to Michigan, like a mother I remember when I was in Michigan. Uh, her kid plays hockey at Penn State. I saw her at a hotel. She's like, you know, you, you, you look like a Penn State guy. And I heard that when I was committed to Michigan, I was just like, I don't know, certain signs like that too. What changed for you and for Penn State about this fit in the class compared to where it was in January when you when you actually made this decision? You talked about Neo Avery. Um, you know, there was some you know, wondering if he'd be a tight end, and, and now we think he's going to be a defensive end at the next level. But were there a lot of moving pieces that kind of had to be sorted through? Yeah, it was. It was just a lot of confusion. I mean. 
like coach from coach Hal and coach from Penn State's end. I mean, they were very, they communicated, they communicated the process and everything that was going on with the room and everything very well. Like I knew it was happening and they were very straightforward with me. Like, like we are very respectful program in the way of like we honor commitments. So like kids, I, I waited my first mistake. I was, I almost committed in November. Like I, I almost pulled like committed to Penn State in November and my, Parents kind of wanted me to wait a little bit longer, but I just felt like ever since I got the offer, I mean, I kind of knew it, like something felt about Penn State. So like I knew that it was the place I wanted to be and I was really sure about that for a while. But I mean, I wanted to handle it the right way, especially committing to a school. I gave my word there to them. And so I had to handle it the right way. But from the t- from what changed in the room standpoint, um, so I so basically I just didn't, I was really like, I was looking to commit to Penn state too, really early in January. I was like, I was going to commit. And I just did not know Neil was taken as a tight end. So when he was taken as a tight end, I couldn't go to Penn state anymore. And that's kind of uh, like, that's basically what the memo I was getting. And I mean, not memo. I was just, they were communicating that across to me. And so I understood that it was, I was like, sorry, pill to swallow, but. That's how that's how it had to be. So I was like, I went to Michigan, and I, that was my expectation. Is I mean, I thought I was probably gonna end up going to Michigan. I thought I wasn't going to Penn State, um, but I was like, when I went to Michigan, I was in a place where if I commit to the school and say Penn State does reopen that opportunity, because I was told it might, then um, what I I would stick with my commitment in Michigan. Like I would still stick. So Neo decommitting made me question things and like that spot opening up again made me question things. But when Jay Harbaugh moved the safeties, that was kind of sealed the deal for me. So that, this is how recruiting works. Things happen that do, the dominoes start falling and, and here you are talking to us in a Penn State sweatshirt. I'd imagine there was at least a, a stretch there where you thought, OK, you know what? I'm going to go back to Beaver Stadium in a Michigan Wolverines uniform and show them they missed out on a really good tight end prospect. Now that's that's off the board. You plan on calling Beaver Stadium home. Is a strange mindset shift that you went through a bit of whiplash maybe in terms of your Big Ten future? Yeah, 100%. I mean, at first there was no doubt I was pissed. I mean, when I couldn't go to Penn State, I was kind of like they were very nice and respectful about it, but I was like, come on. Like, you got to tell me, like, you don't got a spot. Like, one spot in there, just one little spot for me. <laughs> and there like i totally understood it but um i was definitely mad so for a while when i committed to michigan that was my mindset i was like like <laughs> like that's the way i was feeling and then i the more i thought about it and the more i kind of just looked on like social media and like talked to other people and heard other perspectives like this happens to so many people it's just like in a way of we're like some kids commit and then their their coaches just leave and they can't even go there anymore. And like, there's been so many other like situations where kids have just been put in like my similar situation. So I was, I felt that like, you know, like there's no, like, I can't be mad at them. Like it's a, like just, I was just a learning process. Like just going through the process. And I mean, there was no way I could be mad at Coach Hall. He's my guy. And uh, I mean, especially like all the staff, they just made it, they just always have made it felt like home no matter what. You know, so you're gonna you're gonna get a chance to to end up w- with this class as a part of a, a multi tight end group. Anyways, um, do you have a relationship with Joey at this point? What do you think about uh, you know? I, I guess getting after it with him in the same position room starting next year. 
So I, I haven't talked to him much, but I mean, we've had exchanged some like texts and whatnot. I mean, he's, I watched his film. He's a, he's a really good player, especially like from a receiving end. He can, he goes up and gets it. So um, I'm just looking forward to, I think that we both bring different things to the table too, which I think really spices the room up. I think that he can really stretch the game in a receiving way. And me being a little bit, he's bigger than me. There's no denying that. He's got like two, probably close to two inches on me. I'd say he's like six, six, I think. Um, but yeah, I think that we both bring different things to the room. And I think that with Coach Howell's coaching, that it could turn out really well with us too. And he's a great player. And I'm looking forward to, you know, getting to bash it up with him. We had Brian Doan uh, on the show last week, 24 7 Sports National Analyst. I know you've been in communication with him, kind of gave us his thoughts on you as a prospect. Um, talked about last year really coming into your own as, as a balanced tight end. You reclassified. Um, you repeated your junior year. What did that do for you on the football field from a physicality <clears throat> standpoint? So um, from when I when I was at my other school, we chucked the pigskin. So, I mean, I was all – I was catching passes left and right. I caught, like, a lot of balls. But um, they we threw the, we threw the ball, like, a lot, and – I was really like not a kid who was focused on his blocking in the way of I was never exposed to this recruiting. Like I, I, I honestly like just never even knew I was going to like, I didn't really have that strive to play college football until I realized it was actually possible. Like mm -hmm. for in my location, like not a lot of kids, like I, me and my brother are two of like three kids in like a long time. have gone, who've gone committed to big schools out of there. So just getting to Milton Academy and seeing the exposure and seeing everything really gave me that kick. And I was just like, I, I never wanted something more in my life. And it really also started with COVID when COVID happened. And I was just, I have a weight room in my house and I was going to the field two minutes away with that right there. That was what else it all started right there. I mean, COVID, I hate to say it was the greatest thing that happened to me personally, because I got to get work in and, I mean, yeah, I got to get a lot of work in. And so being at my old school, which is Lord's, um, I got to get a lot of work in from a receiving end, it felt. And when I came to Milton Academy, I was going to play more of a complete tight end position. And I always, I mean, always enjoyed, I guess you could say, hitting people. Like, that is something, especially in football, like, there's nothing more satisfying than, I mean, Joe Moore moving one guy from point A to point B, like, that's something that has really just grown on me, grown into me, especially like, I mean, this year I had like 30, 40 pancakes. So <laughs> that's, I mean, there's no denying I want to put people on the ground. That's all I got to say. And I mean, from a receiving end, I really don't think there's many guys who can drop their hips as quick as I can and then, you know, get out of a break at 220 pounds, 6'4". So. Physically, you talked about the weight room and, and, and being able to put guys on the ground. I'd have to imagine that meant you packed on some some pounds. Were you kind of a more of a thin, wiry guy? I know you, st you still have some filling out to do, but mm -hmm. how much really have you kind of grown physically in the last year? Because we're talking about, you know, power five, big 10 tight end. Oh. You got to be able to stick your hand in the dirt. You got to be able to take on 250 plus pound defenders. Yeah, so I can tell you like my whole weight line and like what I was. So when I was a true sophomore in high school, I was small. So I was a really late bloomer. Uh, I was probably 60, 190 pounds my sophomore year. So I was playing catching balls. I was still uh, I was still blocking kids because I'm always, you know, I mean, I don't even know what, like, I could be 190 pounds and hit like I'm 220. And I could be 220, hit like I'm 250. It's just like 
the mentality to want to like put people in the ground. I've always had that coming from my dad. I mean, he played and my brother, both big, really good football players. My dad played smaller ball, but like it was a captain four years. He was a stud. And I mean, it just apple doesn't fall far from the tree. So, <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So I just get it from them and I've always had that in me and I want to, well, complete tight end, and I, I've always knew I was a tight end. My my first coach at Lloyd said it when I was in eighth grade, where I could play as a receiver and then want to play as a physical player. I mean, impact the run game and whatnot, and he just knew it too. So. It, it doesn't feel that long ago uh, that I was interviewing Pat Fryermuth, and he was at a high school uh, up in Massachusetts getting ready for his Penn State career. You had a chance to, to, to talk with him a little bit during this process. How much of an influential figure was he in your recruitment and, and the fact that you are ending up at Penn State? Well, I even remember going to his games in high school. So my brother, really? played, okay. my brother played Pat two years, two years in high school. So my brother went to Milton, was – class i i don't what your what class was pat 18 okay so yeah he was class 18 no 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 at uh in high school he was 18 yeah okay yeah so in high school he was 18 my brother played him junior and senior year i mean they beat him up pat still had his uh 150 yards four touchdowns you know whatever how many catches it was i remember seeing him in high school i think that we like him especially he brings i mean he went into penn state at like 6'5 245 so he was a complete kid going out, but the way he played, he would bury kids and then he would go and outrun the entire defense and take one to the house. And it was just like, I mean, I don't I, like just looking back and thinking about it. It was like, I mean, <laughs> I want to be just like that guy, especially watching like now him, what he's doing at Pitt in Pittsburgh it is ridiculous. I mean, to see how it's really, it's just possible. Like, I mean, to see it, it, it really like, shines light on reality how this, this kid from just small little brook school just goes to penn state and works his tail off and then now he's playing for playing football for a job <laughs> so right. i mean he he definitely uh he hit me up even when i was at when i was committed when i was committed to michigan he uh he he reached out and he was just telling me to come through to get uh working nearby at like a training they were athletic evolution i think he works at he works out at so he was just telling me, like, just the feeling of, like, this guy, tight end for the Pittsburgh Steelers, telling me just come through and get working. And it's just, like, that type of thing. Like, Mike Kosicki was hitting me up. Like, I didn't have – like, that's, that's all I got to say. Yeah. They just made yeah. – they made it – even they made it feel like home. They made it – I mean, they just made it seem like, wow, like, if I really, like, put my mind to this, it's really possible. And yeah. Fryermuth had seven touchdowns as a rookie last year. Mike Isicki just got a, a nice, nice big deal, uh, at least a one-year deal with that franchise tag with the Miami yeah. Dolphins. Um, how much, I mean, is that a factor when, when a tight end like you is looking around at your options at this level of college football, and you can see that one school has a couple guys, a few guys playing tight end in the NFL. Maybe there's some others there that don't have it. Is that a separating factor for Penn State when you think about their ability to go pursue tight ends like you? Well, I think that, though, I mean, historically, I mean, Penn State's an amazing school tight end wise. Everyone knows that. But I think that, yeah, that plays a factor for sure. But I think it's also, you, like Coach Howell, I know Coach Howell got to shadow Coach Bowen 
And Coach Bowen was like an insane tight ends coach. He pumped out these guys and just the, like pumped out plenty of tight end coach or tight ends. And like everybody knows that. And it just like it's just the way I'm thinking about it is okay. So Coach Howell watched Coach Bowen. <laughs> coach Bowen put these guys in the NFL, and Coach Howell just got to spend a lot, good bit of time with him, along with being, I mean, just at Penn State. And so the way I think about it is just. It was kind of not – I wouldn't say a no-brainer with Penn State, in, like, specifically. And, but to see Coach Howell, and especially – it's not just him in the tight end room anymore. I've made relationships with Coach Frank now, too. They brought him in. And the relationships that he's made with his tight ends, Coach, I mean, Theo, uh, Tyler, Brenton, there wasn't just anything else I felt I need to see. And, like, Coach Howell, the way he would – in constant communication with my family – it was a no-brainer to go Penn State. You're yeah. certainly going to embrace competition. You mentioned those three guys, Brenton Strange, Theo Johnson, Tyler Warren. We're all curious to see what they're going to do in 2022. All of them could be back in 2023 and beyond. Jerry Cross, Khalil Dinkins are younger members of that room. Of course. Um, you're diving in head first, uh, not shying away from competition. We talked about another player in your class. Um, what kind of frame of mind did you have to have to make that kind of plunge? So, I mean, the best way – I can just say is like competition is not never something I've shied away from. And the way I also think about it is those are all great tight ends and they all want to be in that program for a reason. And they are thinking the same thing I'm thinking that way. Penn state has amazing success with the position and just with football in general. I mean, they're great. They're historically an amazing program. And coach Franklin's locked in now too. seeing that happen a couple months ago was just great. And, yeah. You got yourself a quarterback, by the way. Um, yeah, <laughs> oh, just, just a few days ago, Marcus Stokes committing uh, followed you up. You're, you're no longer the latest addition to this class. If I referred to that earlier, I made a mistake because, uh, yeah, Stokes comes on board after his latest visit, four-star quarterback uh, out of uh, Nice High School. Tell me a little bit about how much you had been in communication maybe with Marcus before he committed and how much you guys have heard from him after he committed. So being – I mean – I think he committed six days after me. Must have been like a week, maybe a week after me. Mm-hmm. And like, I, obviously, being I, I flipped. So like, being committed to Michigan, I wasn't communicating with many of the Penn State guys. They were reaching out to me, like telling me, I mean, just recruited me and whatnot. So when I made the flip, as soon as I heard, I I started talking to these guys. I'm hearing about this QB. So I hear about Stokes, and I hear the possibility. Like everyone's saying, like, yeah, like. And then I start to hear, like, I'm. I'm lifting like two days ago. And then like everyone knows, like there was a lot of chatter before it actually broke that he was committed. So, I mean, when I heard it, I was like, my God, he really, they really did it. Like these guys, because uh, I'll, I'll give them props. The other recruits at Penn State do a really great job with reaching out to, and recruiting other kids. And especially like the coaches influencing us to do that. Like Coach Franklin, when I committed two days later, me and him are having a conversation. He's telling me, he's like, Hey, I need you to this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, get on it. Like, I was like, no problem, coach. I'm already there. I mean, we, and just the sense, like, it's not just us recruiting. Like we really under, especially us being recruits before that we understand like all these people reaching out to you, hearing from different recruiters, recruits themselves, other coaches, it really makes it feel like home. And that's something that I felt Penn state from my, at least for me, really separated it from other schools. You just really build a relationship with even people like the commits there, like who aren't even there yet. 
you mentioned some of the commits working really hard to make those, uh, you know, make the class bigger. Who, who, who stands out in that regard? Who's that natural leader? Who's, who's working the phones more than anybody in this group? Uh, I mean, there's Birch. I see Birch Myers all over. Uh, I see mega doing stuff too. Mont is doing it. I mean, it's really everyone, Joey, like every one of them. I mean, I see at least every single day retweeting somebody's stuff like you know this is the place to be so i can't even say one of them every single guy in that room is all over recruiting i know for a lot of you guys the opportunity to get together for the first time in person is going to take place later on this month at the blue white game are you going to make the trip i i'm going the 23rd whatever that is i'm going to the blue white game (laughs) you're going going. i'm going to the blue (laughs) white game yeah there you go so you'll be in beaver stadium uh won't be quite uh, you know, 100,000 plus, but usually a very good showing, a pretty pretty uh, good crowd out there. What are you looking forward to most about returning to campus and being a Penn State commit? Uh, well, being back on campus as a commit is going to feel great. I know that just with the sense of knowing that this is the place I'm going to be in a couple of years. And I mean, I never, I never got to a game. So even seeing anybody in the stadium will be, I mean, great to me. But that place is just awesome. I mean, I love Penn State in the way where it's like the way I think about it. This is where when people ask what Penn State is to me, I say it's nothing. And then it's everything. Your drive to Penn State, you got nothing. You get to Penn State, everything you need. Best place. It's the that's, best that's way. That's a I good summary. It. That's a great <laughs> way. I think no, my, my wife no would den- agree with you. I would there, agree with you. Yeah. 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 There's, there's no denying <laughs> the drive to Pencil. The drive to Penn State is a very rural one to say <laughs> yeah and then all of a sudden you see beaver stadium uh, off in the horizon and, and you know you're getting close and that'll be your home soon how soon though i'm curious are you on a path towards early enrollment or are you somebody who's, who's going to get to campus next summer i'll get to campus in the next summer okay yeah. and uh and i guess my last question here for you you mentioned you're going to start getting to work if you haven't already uh adding to this class who are you especially excited about recruiting uh, and maybe bringing on board as a future teammate? Trying to get Samson Okamola down the street. I mean, he's at Thayer Academy, and that kid is an animal. And I played him myself, so I can tell you that. And I would say that a lot about a lot of guys. And that kid is a big boy. If we, <laughs> <laughs> we get Samson, I mean, uh, Jameel Lyons, I see he's dropping his commitment August 4th. I think we got a good chance there, just seeing the other schools in that, that bunch respectfully to them. But I think that we if he doesn't commit to us, he's not a smart guy. Well, Andrew, so, anything we didn't cover here uh, during our conversation that you just want to to shout out to, to Nittany Lions fans out there about yourself and about what they're getting uh, in, in about a year from now? I love playing ball. I mean, the ISL, don't sleep on it. I mean, you saw what it did to Pat. Pumps out guys here. So I'm ready to get to uh, Penn State and get to work. And I can also say – Flipping took a lot, and I wouldn't have done this if I didn't know that this was a special place. And that should mean a lot to just a lot. So I think that Penn State's got a really bright future, especially with the kids we're bringing in. We're beating out a lot of guys right now. Well, thanks for opening up with us. Uh, Obviously, it was a bit of an emotional decision to do it, but you've done it. You've moved past it. You're heading to Penn State in 2023. Thanks for joining us here on the Lions 24-7 podcast. We'll be following you closely. Thank you. 
Thanks again to Andrew for his time. Pretty candid on a lot of subjects. A guy that that really um, thoughtful about his approach here. And you could see when the initial tweet that he sent out, Sean, really trying to to be delicate with walking that line between his respect for Michigan and his future at Penn State. But it, time and time again, he hammered it home during the interview. I think you were well aware of this in the last few months. He wanted to be here, and it just so happened the dominoes fell to the point where that door opened up, and he sprinted on through. Yeah, absolutely. This is a guy that I think tried to commit to Penn State. Uh, I haven't listened to your interview. I'm sorry I couldn't make it because I've been very high on Rappelier for a while. Tried to commit to Penn State in January. It wasn't happening, but uh, figured that, you know, it's it, it's cool to – you know, circle back around and, and that's a really good job by Penn state for keeping him interested, even though, you know, there were many, many moving parts at that tight end room. So yeah, I'm, uh, I'm curious to see how his career plays out. I'm like, I said, I'm pretty high on him in terms of a prospect. I know he's he got a lot of those comparisons that we've made to Pat Fryermuth, And, you know, that's certainly, if you're a Massachusetts tight end, that is the goal to, to end up like that. And uh, not, not fair to him for, for those uh, expectations, but still a uh, really good player, really good pickup for Penn state as they continue to put pieces together on offense. Yeah, we appreciate Andrew. Uh, we'll look to get more Penn State commits on the podcast in the future. I get a better uh, understanding of who they are uh, off the field and on the field here in the Lions 24-7 podcast. Uh, we're going to step aside for now. Uh, we're going to focus on spring practice uh, just one more week ahead of us before the blue-white game on April 23rd. We're back on the practice field Wednesday. We have a few player calls this week. James Franklin due up once again. Special teams coordinator Stacey Collins set to speak with us. So next episode, a lot more on the team. This time it was about future additions. Damian Robinson, Full coverage of that on lines247.com as bring in the Maryland transfer, former five-star prospect. And if you missed it earlier over the weekend, a bunch out there on Marcus Stokes, VIP scouting report, highlight film from last year, and a bunch of comments from him on why he made this commitment to the Nittany Lions. For Sean Fitz, for our producer, Lance Glenn, thanks again to Andrew Rappelier. I'm Tyler Donahue. This is the Lions 24-7 podcast.